issue starting this episode this is funny that it's this loud let's see could it be that let's see let's see can we get this can we dial this down there we are a better sound went to uh my first restaurant tonight my first time in uh society since uh, this thing started going out to get some food in the uh, first month that I could after getting vaccinated and I think I expected it to be a little bit less uh, less weird going out to get some food in the uh first month that I could after getting vaccinated and being very careful uh, for over uh, 15 months. Decided just to finally uh, go out to a restaurant tonight. The uh, title that I was going to give it was Re-Entering Society after 15 months in isolation. Re-entering society after 15 months in isolation. Re-entering society after 15 months Re-entering society after 15 months in isolation. For the most part, re-entering society after 15 months of personally selected isolation, self-imposed isolation, and enthusiastic isolation. Isolation. I'm not gonna lie, I uh, got into the whole idea very quickly. Isolation. But something did start to happen, I don't know, about a few months ago where I was like, wow, you know, it'd be kind of fun to see people. And you just know that this could just flare right up with them, you know, with those unprotected people. <laughs> That's the weird thing is that we might have this other way. You know, but maybe we've vaccinated enough people that those people are spared. It's terrible to see what's going on in India. And just, it's a very strange thing, but psychologically I couldn't, it's almost like an, a weird kind of political uh, decision to not leave your house knowing that other parts of the world don't have vaccines yet. 
It's a very, you know, guilt-driven one and ridiculous, you know. Or at least when I say it's ridiculous, it's like reinforcing more of a personal maybe preference to be a hermit than to really do an act of meaningful change there by staying home. If you can re-enter society, it probably is good in your long-term mental health, you know. So, went out and had my first meal tonight. It was a diner. I missed that. I think I missed more the social than the uh, than the food. And got a uh, coffee and a eggs Benedict, which is something I have not made in 15 months. I've never even looked up how to poach an egg. I bet it's easy, but never got around to it in uh, 15 months of thinking about eggs Benedict. But that's what I had, you know. I think with the Benedict egg yolk, you don't want to you don't want to tarnish the memories you have of eating good Benedicts by making your own bad poached eggs that don't break apart in that perfect yolky way, or worse, become hard-boiled eggs when you uh, bite into it. You don't want to prank yourself with a hard-boiled egg when you're expecting an eggs Benedict. You really, really do not want to prank yourself with a hard-boiled egg when you're expecting eggs Benedict. I think you can expand on that into a template for anything in life. Benedict becomes, if it's not cooked correctly, to be poached. So you have, instead of two beautiful poached eggs, and some hollandaise sauce, that's pretty much it if you just want to make an Eggs Benedict straight. <laughs> Sometimes you'll put a piece of ham under there. But for the most part, the most basic is a piece of bread to soak up the egg and the Benedict and then hollandaise sauce on top. And so there's a system of collection that's built into the Eggs Benedict that is expecting the egg to just explode out sort of like a volcano or a weird monster special effect. <laughs> a detonating bomb, 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 bomb. This episode bomb. of Spoken Word with Electronics is brought to you by Bresky Master. Based in Berlin and available to experimental musicians worldwide, Bresky Mastering is a human-based music improvement service specializing in finalizing your mixes. The weirder or more wonderful your work, the better. Visit VereskyMastering.com. That's V-A-R-E-S-C-H-I Mastering.com for more information. A detonating bomb, and you just need a fork to slice down on the Eggs Benedict. And the minute you do, the Eggs Benedict yolk just explodes. The yolk flies out of the poached egg and is 
immediately sort of integrated with the rest of the yolk, or the hollandaise sauce, sorry. Looks very similar to the yolk. But what's beautiful is the hollandaise is actually a little bit of a different color, so what it, norm what is, it is instead is sort of a blend of nice yellow pastels, suddenly, with a little darker yellow and a little lighter yellow. Yellow, yellow. If you're one of those people that are squirmy about eating eggs, which is a lot of people for uh, some reasons, I mean, you can ethically decide not to eat eggs, and that's the easiest way to get out of it. It's just very tough for me to not eat meat, and especially though I love the Eggs Benedict, so, so that's really tough. Love scrambled eggs. Pretty much anything you're cooking can become a scrambled egg if you fuck it up. If you're making an omelet, I mean with eggs. Like you can't turn a sandwich into scrambled eggs, but you could turn any egg-based thing into scrambled eggs and people wouldn't know that you screwed up the, <laughs> the intentional first version of the egg that you were going for. Like if you're making, you know, easiest example is you're making an omelet and you've gotten everything into the top of the omelet there, and you're about to fold it over and flip it, make a you know one one third one third flip to finish off the omelet. And if you screw that up, you know one one sleeve opens up, or you don't do the flip quick 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 enough, just mash it up there with the uh, right at that point. Mash. Uh, you still have the the, you have the top layer part already cooked, so just mash it up and scramble up the stuff below, it and you have scrambled eggs. I'm explaining egg science to you tonight. Egg science. The signs of egg. <laughs> exactly. Eggs Benedict. Eggs Benedict. Poached egg yolk. Scrambled egg powder. In life, take every yolk that, uh, that you get. <laughs> Uh, so I was sitting there and I ordered the uh, the eggs Benedict, and it arrived. And it was the first time that I have been in. It was a couple of first things. One, it was the first time that I was ever in a crowd of people since this has started. And it was also because they insisted once you got to your table, you could just take your mask off. And that was a first. I was just sitting there in the restaurant and the restaurant benches were each sort of screened in with plastic too, you know, in a decorative enough way, but it still was weirder, you know. And somehow I expected more people in the restaurant just because of the way things have been going locally. There was a sense that you could go back to the restaurant. But a lot of the people in the room, of which there weren't many, there were, you know, groups of people. But I I did that thing that we all do when we're sitting at a restaurant, is you sort of think what uh, what is wrong with each person at a table. Maybe that's something I shouldn't admit to. But 
it is, I think, more entertaining for me to sort of look at people and think up their stories. And sometimes it's extremely flattering, but that is great where you're like, wow, those people are really beautiful, kind people. And I bet they're into the, you know, whatever. Or there's somebody who is genuinely sad and you don't want to really look at that person much. You want to give them the privacy to just be out and uh, sad. But for a millisecond, considering, you know, their scenario, that <laughs> um, a lot of people ask, you know, how, how do you write, what, how does somebody get, how does somebody start writing a story? And that's a great way to start writing stories. Just go out into an audience of, you know, people at a park or at a restaurant or whatever and look at people and try and write the, their stories in there. And it's just, you know, a fun exercise. And so, but tonight when I was sitting at the plexiglass domed diner booth, the plexiglass domed diner booth. <laughs> That's, uh, I just would look around and I didn't feel terribly comfortable with my fellow diners. There was something that actually felt, for the first time, I've been at this diner a lot and it normally had a different kind of audience. But this audience had a grayer feeling to it. And I was wondering if I was sitting in the room with recently vaccinated people or people who were not getting vaccinated. And if so, maybe these are people that have just been going to restaurants since all this started. And I'm suddenly joining the room with those people, which has been an emotional issue with me just thinking about <laughs> people who did selfish stuff like go to a restaurant and suddenly I'm in a restaurant approaching my uh, re-entry into society after 15 months in isolation. The waiter was great and it was the first time that I've spoken with a waiter or anybody other than the only service person I, I love. I, I was a service person for a long time, waited tables. Before that, I worked in a grocery store and I waited tables in both versions of waiting tables. I waited tables in a couple diners and then I waited tables in like, you know, fancier restaurants. And I love waiters. I can't go on explaining things like this to you right here. Last night in this very restaurant, Mr. Jason Hogue paid a very pretty compliment to my right ear. Last night in this very restaurant, Mr. Jason Hogue paid a very pretty compliment to my right ear. But the only person that I've been speaking with is a grocery store person. Don't even talk to our mailman anymore because he just, you know, probably feels unfairly put at risk for all this. But I was, yeah, so I was looking around and I was just sort of being trying to figure out the lives of the people around me. And it just sort of felt like they were possibly, a lot of people in there had just never given a shit the whole time. And the first time they could go to a restaurant, they started. <laughs> and it was, what was interesting about it is that I've lived in this city. Uh, I've lived in Austin since 1999. So I never have this uh, new to town feeling. But I had a new 
new to town feeling in the diner that we used to always go to. I just didn't really, I felt like I was new to the outdoor people group of this city. (laughs) And the population was different is I guess what I'm trying to articulate is it was just weird, you know. Um, Hopefully it will lighten up and people will start to go into restaurants because I also love a place like this and just, you know, maybe most of its money is uh, doing uh, delivery. But yeah, so re-entering society after 15 months in isolation. We went to a diner because uh, we had a reason to go out, just uh, visited with a friend. And that was awesome too. You know, hugging two friends that I haven't seen in uh, directly in person for 15 months. That was really cool. I don't know if you guys have done your, uh, have had your first hug with a friend since this, depending on how heavy you've been doing it, how heavy duty you've been going for it. But that was really cool feeling. Just hugging friends. And so we were like, let's go and get a, let's go out and get some uh, Benedict while we're at it. I've been pretty good about not getting uh, upset or nervous or anxious. I was fitfully anxious before my vaccines. I say vaccines because of the two shots or whatever. But I was, yeah, I was very, very paranoid at that time. And I was not paranoid about the first week. I remember going two weeks and 10 days or whatever you're supposed to do that first day that I could go and get some food. And that was exciting. And uh, so I got some takeout, you know. And that was cool. So that was a few weeks ago. And then we're like, okay, let's just go to the diner tonight. And that was good too. something really metaphoric you're changing the temperature just by like a you know even for like 20 or 30 seconds you're changing something you know a digit degrees 
one or two. And that can be enough just to make it coat with the frost. I like to think some of this is a metaphor. <laughs> I've always enjoyed how easy it is to say something really metaphoric. I'll never order you, but she can use a hundred dollars. I promise I'll never order you, but she can use a hundred dollars. I promise I'll never order you, but she can use a hundred dollars. I promise I'll never order you, but she can use a hundred dollars. I promise I'll never order you, but she can use a